I'm Andy Ghana, and welcome to my Sound of Podcast about Behold the Dreamers. Today is going to be a bit more of a personal episode, as I will talk about how this book has altered my view of my hopes, dreams, and aspirations with a special guest that will appear later on. First of all, what is Behold the Dreamers and what is this novel about? Behold the Dreamers is a novel by Amola Mwe that I recently finished reading, and throughout the reading process, I started to develop a deeper understanding of how my dreams and aspirations reflect those of the characters in the book. This book follows the stories of a Cameroonian immigrant family, the Jongas and the Edwards family, a rich white upper-class family and the dynamics of their fateful meeting. As I was reading through this book, I found myself connecting with the character of Nenny Jonga the most, with the most obvious similarities being that we both want to pursue a career in the healthcare field and that we both have a strong work ethic. Behold the Dreamers gave me a glimpse into the future, the many restless nights spent studying for upcoming exams, and the lack of work-life balance one can have if they pursue a medical career, to name a few. However, it also taught me important lessons on how we would even get there in the first place. The primary lesson that I learned from Nenny's experiences is that following your dreams isn't a magic formula that will make anything happen. Sometimes you need to step back and reflect on whether you're actually able to make your dreams come true. This feeling is perfectly illustrated by the Dean's character, as Nenny comes up to him to ask for a scholarship, but the Dean gives her a cold dose of reality. In this meeting, the Dean tells Nenny that everyone who told you pharmacy is a great career is right, but I wonder, and I hate saying this to students, because I don't want anyone to think that I'm asking them to dream small, how have you ever wondered if it is the right career path for someone in your circumstances? After some back and forth, the Dean replies, My aim when I counsel students like Nenny is to guide them towards achievable goals. Do you understand what that means for a goal to be achievable? The Dean provided me with a much needed insight to how my parents saw my future career, and that new mature lens made me reflect on the career path I set myself down throughout high school. Some goals in life are truly unattainable, and becoming a brain surgeon for me might be one of those goals. In the reading of this book, I flash back to thinking of the money needed for me to go to medical school, the pristine grades I need to keep for decades, the overwhelming stress of becoming a surgeon, and much more. These revelations left me with many unanswered questions. What have other people done throughout high school and university to pursue their dreams? What metric do we even have for even knowing what an achievable goal is, or is it simply intuition? Will we ever get an unattainable job through the power of work ethic and willpower alone? All of these questions and more were bothering me, so I asked my good friend Victor Chow for his experiences in pursuing his dreams in high school and how they have shaped what he wants to do in the future. So now in this part of the podcast, I'm going to ask my friend Victor a few questions on the themes I came up with in the first section. So first, I've heard you, Victor, talk about your expectations for yourself in previous grades, but can you elaborate on what those expectations still mean to you right now that you have applied to university and beyond? Right, so I would say that high school for me was a defining moment where like I tried my best to kind of improve myself. So like naturally, as you said, I did set a lot of different expectations for myself, both in terms of my own personal self as well as my academics. So in terms of how they apply to university, I would just generally say that like, I don't think I've done enough yet in all of my uh, expectations. So I, I think I could definitely improve in terms of academics. I could be more rigorous when I study, but also I could just take care of myself better. I can take care of my appearance. I can start working out. 
So like the, all of these kinds of like these expectations I've set for myself are all like all going to largely remain the same in university. It's just I'm going to approach them with a lot more vigor now that I have like some semblance of like independence. Yeah. All right. So then I know that you've applied to like a wide variety of universities in like different programs. Some like very famous. Can you tell me about like the key lessons that you've learned when in the applying process itself? Right. So I guess the biggest lesson that I learned is that when you're applying to any university, whether that be like Oxford or a, a lesser known university in Canada, yeah. like really what they're looking for is not like the most exceptional people, but rather they're looking for the most passionate and driven people, right? So yeah. I talked to um, my sister, who's uh, also works in admissions for Carnegie Mellon. And basically she told me that like, even if someone is like so exceptional, someone has like hundred average, like if they don't show themselves as wanting the program, as wanting to work, the way they need, would need to work in that type of environment, then like they're still like unpreferable. Yeah, so like a lower average, but they have done more things to show their passion, like a field of like yeah. music or sciences or the economy, for example. Those people. Would it's not. Be. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not just about prestige. It's not just about what you can put on paper, but rather it's about the experiences that you can carry with you. Have like any of your close friends or family ever told you that your dreams for the future are simply like? too out there or outlandish and how have you responded to their comments through the, your words to them and the actions that you have done since then um yeah so before i actually wanted to go get into politics before i got into law and i i would say like for sure like there's negative connotations attached to like the degree like political science so i definitely got the level of backlash you would expect me to get from yeah. like from parents that were heavily inclined on the academic side of things but i would say like um i try my best because uh, like i think i recognize that like their claims and their backlash was to some degree justifiable so i kind of shifted my interests so that i could be both financially stable and also i can continue to pursue them through litigation or law or whatever yeah because it's even like the massive stereotype or whatever the doctor and the lawyer thing you wanted to go on the lawyer path that like so many like people and parents would wonder push their kids towards but that's still you still receive some backlash even from that yeah for sure for sure all right so and then at the end of this like section of our podcast i would like to ask you our our closing question if you do you have any general advice or anecdotes that you can share with the listeners of this podcast about following your dreams in the future as I wrap up this segment. Yeah, so I'm going to say that like, while it is reasonable to want to pursue your passions, you can't pursue, like you, can, you can't pursue interest and uh, rather you have to pursue, if you want to pursue your passions, you have to like genuinely want that passion so it's more than just an interest but rather it's like a desire that you've had since birth right especially if this passion is one that's like less traveled it's just because like i think if you don't have the ethic you need to really put yourself in that environment and really fight for something that's so hard to get then you're going to most likely fail as many others did so i think the like you have to really think to yourself what it is that you want and you really need to fight all right, so I think that wraps up this section of our podcast. All right, thanks, Andy.
from that interview, the main lesson that I've learned from Victor's experiences is that if you want to pursue something in the future, that career path must come out of a place of genuine passion, something truly from one's heart and soul. The comment that Victor makes can be clearly seen in this novel, as Cindy, quote, worked her way through college, got a job, her own apartment, learned how to carry herself well and fit effortlessly in this new world so she would never be looked down on again. Because Cindy knows what she is, and no one can ever take away the things she's achieved for herself. What Beholded Dreamers and Victor have taught me is that if you only pursue a career for the sake of doing it, or for the sake of money or validation by other people, then it is most likely a waste of time. If one works at a job where they have no sense of self-fulfillment and self-actualization, they aren't fulfilling their highest need, in contrast to someone working at their dream job, where they are fulfilled every single day of their lives. Thinking flexibly is a great habit of mind when thinking about the future. And the final lesson that this book taught me is that nobody's future is completely predictable. Your hopes and dreams are dependent on the situations around you and how you choose to interpret them. That's all the time I have for this episode, and thank you for listening. One last thing, Mr. Donahay, you have been an amazing English teacher, and coming to your class in this online learning system has been a joy every single day. You have made English class enjoyable for me again, and got rid of the fears and stresses I had at the beginning of the quadmaster. I truly appreciate the hard work you do every single day, and I hope to see you again in the future.